Hey, it's awesome to have you here. Happy New Year. You know, I know it's been said before, but uh, this, is, this is our first Sunday of 2019, and, and uh, I get the, uh, the honor and the privilege to share with you today. Uh, Randy talked a little bit about what we're going to be discussing. You know, this, is, uh, this sermon we're calling uh, First Steps today, and uh, not only is it First Steps showing people how they might take their first steps, but also how folks that call this place their home might take their, their next steps from how you might take your next steps. Uh, so it's going to be all about the journey, and uh, we have had the 101 class. We, we've talked about that a lot. If you're fairly new to the church, you've probably sat through that. We're going to change the name of that to, like Randy said, to First Steps. And uh, so we want to encourage you to invite people that you know that are new to the church to come to that. It's, it's a way of learning who, about who we are and uh, what we're all about. And so today we're going to be talking about our journey. And uh, we all have a story, and we are all on a journey, hopefully. I, I am. I have a story. Uh, there's been a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. Uh, but honestly, I can tell you this, and, and I didn't write this and make this up for today's sermon, but the closer that I can find myself walking toward Jesus, the closer that I get to Him, the more peace and the more joy I can experience regardless of what my circumstances are, regardless of the trials that I'm going through. And so today we're going to be talking about that. Um, and it's, it's an important thing for us to grow in our faith. That's what we are. That's what we're, our church is all about. It's important for us all to work together to grow closer uh, to Jesus. And so we're going to talk about taking steps that will make us closer to Jesus today. It's our way of showing you how we might help you on your personal journey that leads toward Jesus. And so we have a mission statement here at Journey Church. And I'm pretty impressed about how many people can actually recite that. I guess that means we've said it quite a bit. But our mission here at Journey Church is to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus. And that probably sounds pretty familiar to you, even if you can't recite it word for word. That answers the question, what? What do we want to do as a church? But we also have a vision statement, and that answers the question, why? So we have a mission, and then we have a motive. And our motive is because we love God. And we love people. And we want to make disciples that make disciples. And I can tell you the leadership of this church. And I've been a part of that. We've spent countless hours talking about our mission. And our vision for our church. Trying to think about the best thing that we could come up with. But honestly it just comes from the Bible. It all goes back to that. You know our, our vision. That reason we want to move people is... The first part of that is because we love God and we love people. We didn't make that up. That comes from what's called the Great Commandment. And this is in Matthew 22. It's when a teacher of the law asked Jesus uh, what the most important commandment was, what the greatest commandment was. I think the guy knew. I mean, he, he was a teacher of Scripture, and so he knew what it said. I think he was trying to maybe trip Jesus up for whatever his motives were. But Jesus answered this. He said, the greatest commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And he said, this is the first and greatest commandment. And then he said, this is the second, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so Jesus was saying, love God and love people. Those are two things, but they're basically the same. You cannot love God and not love his people. 
It is just impossible to do. And that's what Jesus is saying. He didn't give two answers. He gave an answer that was two sides to the same coin. Loving God and loving people. And then the second part of that vision statement is to make disciples that make disciples. And this comes from the Matthew 28 Great Commission that we call it. And you guys know I like to call it the Everyday Commission. It's what we're supposed to do as we walk, as we go to work, as we do whatever we do. As we go, uh, we're supposed to do this, just like Jesus said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey my commands. Now, I've had a lot of people approach me and kind of check me on this and say, where do you get make disciples that make disciples out of that? And it's really, you have to, you just, it's simple, just read it. It says that we're supposed to make disciples of all nations. Then he says we're supposed to teach them to obey Jesus' commands. And Jesus' command is to make disciples. And so we're supposed to multiply. As the last thing that Jesus gave us, it was kind of our marching orders, is that we're supposed to grow his church until he returns. And so that's why we... Uh, say that we want to make disciples that make disciples. And so that's the mission and the motive of our church. And so that's the what and the why. Let me talk to you a little bit about the doctrine of our church or the theology of our church. First of all, you have to understand that we are an independent Christian church. Now, what that means is we don't have an office in another city uh, that kind of guides us in our theology and our doctrine. We don't have a place where we send our tithes and offerings and they give back a portion of that. We are totally independent. It means that you folks that call this place your home support the ministry of Journey Church. So we're an independent Christian church. Our theology springs from what was called the New Testament Restoration Movement. Does anybody know what that is? Raise your hand if you, if you know what that is. There's some of you. Okay. I could talk for probably an hour and a half about what the New Testament restoration movement was. I'm not going to do that. Uh, yeah, I got that in first service too. Uh, but I'm going to kind of give you the Reader's Digest version. And I also have to ask, how many of you even know what Reader's Digest is? So, but <laughs> it means it's the abbreviated version of what the New Testament restoration movement was. Basically, it's when a, a group of fathers of the movement in the early 19th century uh, decided that there were a whole lot of man-made creeds and doctrines. And what they were saying was, what they decided was, we're going to get back to the Bible. We're, we're going to go back to, to be just, just, just to do what the Bible says. Uh, we're not going to go by what man says. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. They weren't... Uh, they weren't trying to create any kind of a reformation. They weren't trying to reform any denominations. Uh, the, it can all be summed up in a few of their phrases. First of all, one of the things they said that they had written was that there is no creed but Christ, there is no doctrine but the Bible, and then there's no other name but Christian. And they acknowledged that they weren't the only Christians, but they're Christians only. And so that's what we believe here at the church. We believe in uh, biblical authority. We believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. You know, in the book of Luke, uh, Jesus says it would be easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of the letter of the law to drop out. And what he's saying is, is that, that, it, that we can't modify God's word. 
that we can't add to it and we can't take away from it. And we're not going to do that here at Journey Church. Now, there's a, a movement in our culture that's trying to pull the church into basically setting aside the truth. And uh, it's called the progressive movement. And it's trying to say, well, the Bible is old. It's antiquated. We've, we've evolved. We need to kind of get with the times and kind of change the way we think. And folks, that's not who we are. We're not going to be that at Journey Church. We accept the Bible as our authority. And we're going to do everything that we can uh, to follow that. We're going to follow it as best we can in our own imperfect way. At Journey Church, the way we choose leaders, every decision that we make is based on what we read in Scripture. If it's black and white in the Bible, then we accept it as truth. If it's silent in the Bible, then we say that's a personal conviction between you and God. But we believe in biblical authority here at Journey Church. We also believe in confession. The first confession that we want to make is that Jesus is who he says he is. Just like Paul said in the book of Ephesians, he says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus is the only way to the Father, and we believe confessing that up front is of utmost importance. We also believe that we're supposed to confess our sins, that we're supposed to admit that we're sinners. The Bible says that if we say we have no sin, we're liars. And so we need to confess our sins to God. We also believe in the concept of repentance, which simply means to turn, that this, this process of turning away from our sins. We confess our sins and then we commit to try to live a life walking away from them. You know, in the Bible it said Jesus was like us in every way, but with one distinction, that he was sinless. And I believe it's, it's not possible for us to be sinless on this side of eternity, but I think as we grow and move on our journey, we can sin less. And I think God calls us on this, this constant process of walking away from our sins, of repenting. And of course, we believe in salvation, the salvation that comes only from Christ. Paul said, for it is by grace you've been saved, through faith, and it's not from yourselves. It's a gift from God. It's not by works so that one can boast. What Paul is saying is, is that grace is the, is the very thing that saves us. It's accepting Jesus's promise. We can't earn it. There's not enough good that we can do that would earn our salvation. It's a gift from God when we accept him as the Savior. And we believe in baptism here at Journey Church. And uh, we believe in following our confession with baptism. You know, the, the picture that Jesus painted in Scripture of, of his baptism, I think, is the most beautiful depiction that we could ever see. When it said that Jesus came from the Galilean mountains and he went to the Jordan River Valley to Bethany, traveled 40 or 50 miles to be baptized by John. And he goes up to John and John says, what do you mean I'm going to baptize you? You should baptize me. And Jesus said, no. We need to do this to fulfill all righteousness and to fulfill what the Scripture says. And so John relented and he baptized Jesus. And it says, when he came up out of the water, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And that God spoke at that moment and said, this is my son 
whom I loved, and him I'm well pleased. That is the most beautiful picture that I can see of baptism. And Jesus calls us to baptism. You know, I want to say this too. It wasn't something, baptism in itself wasn't something that Jesus invented. It was a a Jewish ritual. It was a cleansing ritual. As a matter of fact, at the at, in Jerusalem, at the Temple Mount on the, near the southern steps, just fairly recently they found what are called mikvahs. And these are ceremonial baths. And this is where the Jews, when they were coming to the Temple Mount and they were going to the temple to make their sacrifices, they first had to go down into the mikvahs and they had to be submerged as a cleansing ritual, cleansing from their sins before they could go up and present their sacrifices. Here's something I didn't know. It was also a ritual that was used when a Gentile converted to Judaism. And so it was a ritual that was acknowledging a change in someone's identity. And that's where Jesus gives baptism a whole new meaning. Because when we're baptized, when we come from the water, we're washed of our sins, but we are identifying with Christ. Our identity changes. We're not us anymore, we're His. And that's what baptism signifies, a powerful new meaning that Christ gave to baptism. Here at Journey Church, we believe in full immersion. And we again, I'll go back to the biblical authority statement that I made. We see that that's the example that's given us in Scripture. It says that when Jesus came up out of the water is when the Holy Spirit descended on him. The word translates into basically being capsized or to be taken under. And so every instance of baptism we see in the Bible is by full immersion. And so we follow that. We follow that because that's what Scripture gives us. You know, I will say this. If you're here, if you've been baptized in another Christ-believing church, you do not have to be re-baptized into Journey Church. Your baptism counts, and you don't have to do it again. I don't know why, but first service laughed at that. So, but, but you do not have to be re-baptized into Journey Church. Uh, if you were, we, as we believe in full immersion, if you were sprinkled or if you went through a pouring ceremony, then we would probably encourage you to follow in, uh, in full immersion. Uh, we don't believe in infant baptism at Journey Church because we believe it's a choice that you make. And so we don't have a minimum age for children that want to be baptized, but our pastors will talk with you as parents and with the child and make sure that they understand that they know uh, what they're about to do. And I don't want to get into this, this argument that's going around these days. It's kind of been a popular argument to argue about whether baptism saves you or not. Uh, and what we'll say here at Journey Church is that it doesn't necessarily save you, but it's a public declaration that you have accepted Christ as your Savior. And see, we will never diminish the importance of the ordinance of baptism here at Journey. We also believe in Holy Communion, in the Lord's Supper. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, it says this about Jesus. He says, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples and said, take this and eat it because this is my body. Then he took the cup and he blessed it and said, take this and drink it, uh, all of you, for this is the blood that uh, establishes the covenant. And he said, it's shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so I want to say this too. Jesus did not invent the meal itself. 
that was the Passover meal that they were celebrating that night uh, at the Last Supper. Some people believe that it's what's called a Seder meal. And so Jesus didn't invent the meal itself, but again, he gives it total new meaning. And he gives it to us as an ordinance so that we can remember his sacrifice. He asked us to do that. It's for to remember his sacrifice, but it's also an opportunity that we can have to examine our own hearts. And here's one of my favorite things to say. It's a way for us to celebrate. You know, whenever we have something big in our lives, what do we celebrate with? We usually celebrate it with a meal, right? And so what an appropriate thing for Jesus to give us with this celebratory meal that we can, we can celebrate his second coming, that we can do this in anticipation of him coming again. And folks, he is coming again. And we need to be ready. In just a moment, we're going to share in, uh, in that, uh, that moment where we gather around the table is something we do at Journey Church every week. And I don't knock other people with different opinions about how to do it. I've heard some people say, you know, it's so special, we only want to do it once a quarter or every now and then, and we say it's so special, we're going to do it every week. And the bottom line is, is that when the Bible says that when people came together, they sat around the table and that they had communion together. Uh, when people came together in the first church, they broke bread together. So whenever we come together, we want to observe that holy ordinance. So I've been talking about uh, the theology of the church. I've talked about you know, kind of our history, our background, our theology. So now I want to talk to you about our values. And we think that these values are important because we, we believe this is the way that we can help you take your next step on your journey. And so we have three values. We have three words that we use. The first one is belonging. And it's an action word. It's an I-N-G word. Uh, belonging to the church is important. And so we have to define that because there's, there's probably a lot of different things left to your own that you could come up with on what it means to belong to Journey Church. But the first thing is attendance. If you want to, uh, if you want to be something, you have to be there, Right? If we want to take our next step, we need to be at, at uh, church. We need to sit under the teaching of the church. And so we encourage people that call this place their home to, to attend on a regular basis. And there's a lot of examples in the Bible, a lot of areas that point to the need to do this. The book of Hebrews, the author says, And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the, the day drawing near. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, for where two or three gather together in my name, I am among them. In the book of Acts, it says that they devoted themselves, the first church, to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. In our world today, kind of sadly, the, the national average, if you want to, if, so to speak, the definition of a regular attender means someone who attends church once, maybe twice a month. And that's just, that's, that's kind of where we are right now as, as a big C church, as the big church. Um, and I understand that. I understand what the problem is. We, we've got a lot of stuff going on in the world. I mean, I'm amazed 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it wasn't like this. 
You know, I mean, there used to be days, there used to be things that no one ever scheduled anything on Wednesdays and Sundays. But now, that's out of bounds. We're running around, we're, we're chasing our kids everywhere. We've got all these things to do. We've got so many options. I went to the grocery store to buy rice the other day. You got like 300 different things to choose from. My wife and I cut the, the TV cable and we started this kind of the internet service. There's still a thousand options. I mean, it's no wonder we're so busy. But you know what it all boils down to is we've got to be intentional about making priorities in our lives. We can't do everything. Jesus doesn't want what's left over. And folks, there's not a whole lot left over in our lives today. Jesus wants our first fruits. And so we encourage people that call this place their home to attend on a regular basis. Now we know you can't come every Sunday. I can't make it every Sunday every year. But all we're saying is make sitting under his teaching, coming to Journey Church, make that a priority in your life over other things. You know, another way that we can belong to Journey Church is by joining a Journey group. Those come in a couple of different forms. We have uh, classes that meet on Sunday morning that are going on, some going on right now. And that's an awesome way to connect with other people and to have fellowship and to learn and to study. And we have journey groups that meet during the week on different nights. And that's groups of maybe 8 to 16 people. Some meet in their homes, a couple meet here. Uh, but they get together for the purpose of just trying to live their Christian lives together. And so that's the purpose of these journey groups. And, uh, you know, it's important for us to be together. I don't think that we're intended to live our Christian lives alone. That story in the book of Acts, chapter 2, when it describes so beautifully that first church, it said, Now all believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. And it says, Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. The house. They ate their food with, joyful and hum, with a joyful and humble attitude, and they praised God, and they had favor with all people, and every day the Lord added to those that were being saved. And it's amazing to me that last statement. Just by the way they were living their lives, their numbers increased. Just by living their Christian lives together for all to see. See, folks, I believe they were being countercultural. It didn't, it probably looked weird but it was compelling to people from the outside looking in. We're supposed to live our lives together. You know, another way that we can belong to Journey Church is by serving in the church. Peter said each of you should, do, uh, should use whatever gift you have, what you've received from God to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. In the book of Mark, uh, it says that Jesus said, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to to give his life for a ransom of many, to serve. Jesus came as a servant and modeled that for us. And there's a whole lot of opportunities for you to serve at Journey Church. Last week, Jake stood up here and he talked about the need for small group leaders for the middle school and high school kids. Desperately needed. You know, we pour a lot of our resources into our youth and our children's program. You know, in our community, the, the majority, the, what, what makes up this whole community are families with kids from preschool to high school. And so we want to invest a lot in our youth and our kids, and Eric and Jake need your help. They need it on Sunday mornings. They need it on Sunday nights. There's a lot of things in between that you can help them with. 
Dan in the worship team. Maybe you're like me and you can't carry a tune in a bucket. But you don't have to just sing to be a part of the worship team or play an instrument. You know, we have to keep the sets up to date. We have tech teams that work with the sound, the lights, you know, everything, the computers, the live stream. Dan needs your help. We have a pretty critical need with our first impressions team. We have an awesome group of people that, that stand out there at the front doors and greet people as they come in. But we need more people. You know, and that requires just a gift of hospitality. Just being friendly with a handshake or a hug. Because we have a lot of guests. I don't know if you know that, but we have a lot of people that come and go in our church. And when they walk in that door, it's our desire that this feels like home to them. That they can feel the love of Christ. You know, the statistics say that when someone walks in a new church, that they'll make their decision about coming back in about 25 seconds. So that first handshake is so critical. We need you. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a kickoff meeting for the First Impressions team tomorrow night at 6.30 here at the church. We're going to provide a light supper. It's going to be to talk about what's, what we're getting excited about for the new year. If you have that gift of hospitality, we would love for you to come and join us just to hear about what it's going to be like. No commitments required. Just come and see tomorrow night, 6.30, uh, here at the church. I've sent that out to all of the current First Impression team members. Uh, if you haven't got that, then, then this is your invitation. We would love for you to be a part of that. So we need you to help us. And, uh, you know, there are places like uh, serving the church. You know, Rodney, who's taking care of our facilities, Rodney Sherrod, he's organizing a Serve the Church Day where we can come just one day and take care of some things that need to be uh, fixed or repaired or maintained on the church. You know, we did our Serve the City in October. That's only one day, but man, I wear you out on that day. I mean, we do a lot of heavy lifting. And, uh, but it's awesome because, folks, people see Jesus that day. They're confused about why we would go do those things. Why we'd go literally raise the roof at City Hall. And why we would go and wade through the poison ivy and dig out, uh, you know, weeds at the parks and all that. It, people are curious about that. They see that and they want to know. Serving is important. It's an important part of the church. It's an important way to be a part of God's ministry. And of course, you know, to belong to the church, I want to talk about our generosity. You know, to belong to the church, uh, that means supporting the church mission. It means giving. And uh, I want to share some statistics uh, that I found uh, that were kind of uh, interesting to me. Uh, this is nationwide. This is kind of the national average where it says that 17% of churchgoers in the United States tithe. Only 17% of churchgoers. That makes up about 5% of the total U.S. population. And today, in our current world of affluence, where there's plenty, uh, average churchgoers give about 2.2% of their income, as compared to back in the times of the Great Depression, where people gave 3.3%. And so I don't say all this to guilt you at all. It's not my point at all. But why I say this is I want you to stop for a second and imagine. I want you to stop and imagine what our community would look like if everyone who called this place their home tithed or gave 10% of their income. We wouldn't have empty shelves at a food pantry ever. We wouldn't have any homeless 
uh, that are cold or without food or shelter. A lot of the problems that we see, we wouldn't have them, and folks, people would notice. And I think Christ would be glorified. And so here at Journey Church, we do believe in the, in the, 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 the principle of tithing. We think that that is biblical. But we also acknowledge that everybody is on a different place on their journey. And I know myself, as I was growing in my faith, in my early Christian years, tithing was a big issue. It was a hard thing for me to even think about. Because that's just where I was. But as I grew on my journey, then I, I started to, to be more generous. To the point where now, uh, my wife and I wouldn't consider not tithing. And so we acknowledge that you may not be there, but for those of you that aren't, what we would say to you, our message would be, is be generous with God's gifts. And be thinking about and praying about what your next step on your journey uh, would be. And I want to say this too. God doesn't need your money. It's not an issue of money. It's a heart issue. You realize that Jesus talked more about money than he talked about faith. And it's not because money was key or important. It's because he knew it was going to be a stumbling block for us. He said in Matthew uh, chapter 6, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so he knew that would be our stumbling block. And so it's, it's not something that he needs. He wants your heart, not your money. And so it's a reflection of where that might be. The next value that we have, um, I talked about belonging. The next value that we think is important in helping people move on their journey is growing. We want to grow in our faith. We don't want to be the same people tomorrow that we are today. And how we can grow one way is by, by daily Bible reading. It's by picking up that book. You can stand up here and listen to me or Randy or anybody else that stands up on the stage and tell you what it says, but we encourage you, find out for yourself. Read the Bible. Find a time during your day to open that book, and you'll see your life change. We believe in group study, just like I talked about with, with journey groups and classes. Uh, we believe in, in different ways of studying. It's important to study and know the Word. You know, we, some people say we don't, we're not required to be theologians, but we are required to study the Bible. We need to. Jesus set the example for us when he learned and he grew in stature and wisdom. And we're supposed to do the same thing. We also think that personal devotion is critical. Meaning not just reading the Bible, but finding a daily time where you can go to a quiet place and you can commune with God. And that you can talk with him. We believe in spiritual disciplines. We believe that's something we should develop. Prayer is a discipline. Jesus prayed a lot. We know that. Several times, I think 70 some odd times, it mentions Jesus' prayer, but that's just what's recorded. Jesus prayed every day and sometimes for hours. It was his way of connecting to God. We believe in principles of fasting and other items where we can kind of get rid of all the busyness around us and hear and listen to what God has to say. I'm excited about something that we're putting together. Uh, we've already got that all listed out, and we're going to be showing you more about that here in the coming weeks, but we're creating something that's called Move University. And it's going to be, with the short, is going to be Move You, because we want to move you on a simple journey toward Jesus. God gave me that while I was brushing my teeth one day. 
So that's going to be made up of a lot of different opportunities for you to study. There's going to be self-study. There's going to be online opportunities. Uh, there's going to be classroom opportunities, curriculum for small groups. We're going to develop curriculum so that you can follow along with the sermon series. And you know, it's not going to be something that's just a one-size-fits-all either because we're going to be basing it on where different people might be on their journey. And so you can graduate through that process from meat or from milk to meat. And so we'll be able to do that and, and grow. That's just a very practical way to help you do that. And another very important, probably the most important value that we, that we are concerned about here is sharing. We need to share our faith with other people. We need to evangelize. We can start by sharing our story. Your salvation story may seem boring to you, but folks, it's a miracle. When you came to God, a supernatural thing happened. And people need to hear that. The best way you can start in sharing with the lost would be to tell them about you. Tell them about how Jesus came into your life. And they can see that in a very real way. We need to share with the lost. We need to share with people that don't know Jesus. People are scared to death to do that these days. I understand. But, I mean, we really need to step out. We really need to, to tell people about Jesus. We can't make a disciple if they don't know about him. And so we need to tell people about Jesus. We need to seek the lost. But we also need to invest in other believers. As we grow, as we take the next steps on our journey, we need to take what we've learned and our experiences and then pour that into someone else. You know, we're starting something else this year, and the leadership is going to lead. We're going to take the lead in this. We're going to start a mentoring program. Because you see what we're doing here right now in this big crowd, it's motivational, it's inspirational, and it's educational, and it's critical. But transformation, I've come to believe, happens when we're pouring into each other one-on-one. -on -one. That's where real change can happen, and so we're going to offer that as we move forward. And finally, if you're new here and you want to know what it means or, or the process of becoming a member at Journey Church, we're not like a lot of places where we require a written letter to be put in our file. We don't really need one that's transferred from another church. But we tell people, if you want to be a member at Journey Church, you are welcome to be a part of the family. But we encourage you to, to commit yourself to trying to live these values out that I've shared with you. Now, now, you don't have to master all these before you're considered a member at Journey Church because all of, our, all of our leadership would have to resign because we haven't mastered it. But we ask you to commit to taking your next steps on your journey and trying to live these things out in your life. I talked just a little while ago about the ordinance of Holy Communion, and we're going to join in that here in just a second. We're going to take a journey together as we come up the aisles, as we gather around these tables, and we take these emblems, the bread that represents the broken body of Christ, the juice that represents the blood that was poured out at the foot of the cross for the forgiveness of sins. And as I said before, this is a perfect time to look inside ourselves. I think this is a perfect time as, as well to examine what our next steps might be on our journey. But you know, I think there may be some people in here now that haven't accepted Christ as their Savior. And if that's you, this will be a perfect time for you as well. 
I told you about that confession that Paul talked about to confess that Jesus is Lord and to believe that he was resurrected from the dead. That's the key to your salvation. That's the key to taking the first big step on your journey. As we're taking communion, I'm going to be standing over here to the right. I think we may have someone else up here. Randy's going to be standing up here as well. If that's you, and if you have not made that confession of faith today, I, I hope that you won't wait. I hope that you will come up and we would love to pray with you and, and help you take that huge step that leads to coming closer to Christ. Would you all pray with me as we prepare for communion? Our Heavenly Father, thank you for today. And thank you for this, this simple meal, this provision that you've given us. Lord, that we can come around the table and then we can know you and understand you. And Lord, I pray a blessing on each and every one that will take of this today. I pray that they would consider their next step on their journey that leads closer to you. Lord, we love you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.